In coming to look at this uh, passage, uh, which is an amazing passage of Scripture, um, looking at awesome God and the fact that through this series we're going to be focusing on the character of God. And today it's the God who provides, and particularly in this situation uh, with his widow that, uh, in Zarephath and Sidon that we're going to be thinking about. We do live in a society which feels it doesn't need God. I have all I need. I'm self-sufficient. Might not be the richest in the world, but I can get by. I don't need to depend on God. I think what today we're going to be looking at and thinking about is we're going to learn a lesson about the providence of God through the life of Elijah and a widow in Zarephath in Sidon. In this story, we have two people. Elijah, a man seeking to walk with God and to serve him, to follow his commands, to be the man that God wants him to be. But we also see a widow in Zarephath in Sidon, living with her son. She was not committed to the God of Israel, but probably would have worshipped Baal. And the fact that she was a widow obviously means that she had lost her husband at some point in the past and she was bringing up her child or was with her child on her own. As we read through 1 Kings 17, we see that their lives are shattered through two things beyond their control. Their circumstances are changed for both of them, for Elijah and for the widow and her son. They're changed through drought and illness. And it's only whenever those things happen that they are faced with the realities of life and of death. Through these experiences, the bubble in which they were living probably burst to expose them to things that maybe they hadn't even thought about before. It was indeed through these experiences that both Elijah and the widow came to a life-changing trust in an all-providing and sovereign God. They realized that they were totally dependent on God and that all their previous feelings of safety were actually only an illusion. Isn't that what trials, troubles sometimes do for us. I wonder, as I come to church and as you come to church or as we come to church this morning, do we realize that we're totally dependent on an all-providing and sovereign God in reality? We are totally dependent on him. And to think that we are not is only an illusion. Or will it take some difficult circumstances for us to realize that we are not as self-sufficient as we thought we were? But let's look at the narrative. Let's look at what's, what's happening here. Because we first of all, God's challenge to Elijah. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're really content and you don't want things to stop. You just want things to keep going the way they're going. Maybe, maybe it's summer holidays. 
Maybe you're in a break and you're really thinking, oh gosh, I wish this could go for another couple of weeks. Or, or maybe some kind of formal occasion and you're, you're really enjoying it and you're thinking, gosh, this is, a, this is amazing. Or maybe even through a church service and you're thinking, God's speaking to me and, oh gosh, I, I don't want this to end. I want this to keep going. God, continue. Well, maybe you feel like that about your life at the minute. You would like things to go on as they are. Experiencing what you're experiencing because life is good. Life is great. I think it was Dan last week was dealing with life for Elijah at Cherith. It was brilliant for him in a sense. Because God was providing food in the morning and food in the evening and there was close fellowship with God. He had God all to himself in the context of the ravens bringing food to him. Maybe it wasn't the best of food, but it was food nonetheless. And it was a close relationship with God. Great times with God really spiritual, really close to God, really hearing God, really sensitive to what he's saying. But the book, the brook dries up. God says to Elijah, Elijah, time to move on. It's time to move from here. Elijah, I have a new challenge for you. I have a new work for you to do. I will continue to provide for you. It won't be in the way that I have been doing it, but I will provide for you. Now I want you to move out of your comfort zone and I want you to still continue to serve me. That's the challenge that God gives to Elijah. But the challenge actually comes as he says, Elijah, go to Zarephath in Sidon and I'll provide for you there. Ahab had been provoking the Lord's anger because he had married Jezebel and through her influence had started to worship Baal and serve him. He built a, a temple with an altar for Baal in Samaria and also an Asherah pole. Elijah steps into this situation with a word from God to say that there would be no rain in the land because of this wrong. Where does God ask Elijah to go? Into Zarephath in Sidon. 1 Kings 16.31 tells us that Sidon was a home place of Jezebel, where her father was king, the enemy territory. And God says, Elijah, I want that's where I want you to go. Comfort zone? What? The truth was that God had new things for Elijah to do. And God was able to provide for Elijah, whether it was Cherith or Zarephath. It really didn't matter. God didn't want Elijah staying in Cherith all his life. As you two sing, stuck in a moment. There was a new challenge. It just happened to be in Zarephath and Sidon, which was a place against our enemy territory, as we might describe it. But I wonder, as we come here together this morning, 
if we're stuck in a moment at present in our lives. Same routine, same things every day. Well, it's working. Don't want any new challenges. Don't want to move out of the comfort zone that I'm in. I don't want things upset from the way they are. I'm quite content. Or maybe even stuck in a moment spiritually. Happy with daily readings, talking to God in prayer, content with a comfortable Christian experience. It's all going all okay. Maybe feel I wouldn't be able to meet the challenges, the new challenges. Or maybe even stuck in a moment in church life. Get spiritual food Sunday by Sunday. Starting to engage in, well, maybe over the summer not so much, but maybe starting to engage in the, the activities of the church and come September be the same. And it's just difficult to think of new challenges of how God might do something. But as we come to worship this morning and we think about this story, which many of us love, what is the Zarephath that God's calling you to in Sidon? The place where you're maybe not so sure about. The place which will take you outside your comfort zone. The place which will be different from Cherith, where God's there in a very real way providing every day to say, well, actually, God's giving me a new challenge and I believe that he can provide for me there just as much as he has at Cherith. Because this, for Elijah, is about learning to trust God in all circumstances. And God's saying to Elijah, look, Elijah, just as I was with you at Cherith, so I will be with you in Zarephath. Just as I've been with you in the past, I'll be with you in the future. Just as I was with you as you've been serving me previously, I'll be with you as you take up this new challenge. Had he not taken that new challenge, he wouldn't have experienced the amazing provision of God in such a miraculous way, nor would he have seen the conversion of this widow. Or the way God worked in our son's life. See the challenge that God gives to us. To step outside our comfort zone. But we see also God's grace to this widow at Zarephath. The drought had brought her to a horrible place. She, as I said already, had lost her husband and was now about to prepare her last meal so that she, could, she and her son could eat it and then die. That's tough. That's a tough situation to be in. And her worship of Baal could not give her any hope or any answers. She had also no thought of trusting in the provision of Elijah's God. She probably knew he existed, but not in a personal way for her. As the Lord your God lives, but but that wasn't for her really. 
But what she doesn't realize is that God has already intervened in this situation. Because God has spoken to Elijah back in Israel and told him to come to her. God's working behind the scenes in this scenario. And he then asks her in obedience for a drink and some bread. She feels hopeless. A sense of hopelessness and not being able to do anything. Because she feels she has nothing to offer this man. Even if she wanted to. Whenever he asks her for that drink and that something to eat, she doesn't know what to do. But then Elijah says to her, look, don't be afraid. Don't be frightened. Was that what she was experiencing? She'd been asked by this guy to to provide food and a drink and she becomes frightened because she can't. She's only got enough for her and her son to eat a meal and then that's it. But he says to her, if you do what I've asked you to do, then you'll be able to provide for me and for yourself. There'll be food every day for all of us during this drought. Again, Elijah and this widow were learning a lesson of trust in providing an all-providing and sovereign God despite their circumstances. And so the challenge for Elijah, because he's got to go and say this to this woman, to this widow who has very little. The challenge for him and for her is do I take God at his word? Do I believe him even against what appears to be rational? How are they to react to what God has told Elijah to say? That he will provide food even whenever there isn't, doesn't seem to be food. And they both discover that obedience is followed by provision. That God never puts to shame those who trust him. Maybe that's something you do need to hear today. And the challenge is, am I going to take God at his word in what he said to me as I study the Bible and not just read it to tick the wee box that I've done the reading for today? But as we get into the depths of his word, as Steph was praying, that we get into the depths of God and who he is, this providing God, the awesome God that we're thinking about in the story of Elijah, Do I take him at his word, the promises he gives to me, to stake my life on them? Living by the word of God meant living differently for Elijah. It meant risk-taking. Not only did the widow see a living trust in God and Elijah... But she too was challenged to live exactly the same way by what he said and did. This woman received God's provision because she took the risk of completely leaning on God and his word. It's interesting actually uh, because this story is mentioned by Jesus in Luke chapter 4 verses 25 and 26. 
And he actually says about it, he points out that there are many widows at that time in Israel. Many widows that God could have been providing for. But actually, God directs Elijah to one in a Gentile town elsewhere. God, in this incident, Jesus is telling us, is extending his grace to the Gentiles. Perhaps because in Israel he was being ignored. You know, as we try to apply what, what's being said to us here in this section in, in 1 Kings, we ask ourselves, are we at the same point as the widow? There's a drought, drought in our lives that's bringing us to our knees with no hope. The drought of something physical, something social, something spiritual. And you're struggling. You don't know where the provision is going to come from. You can't fix it. It's not just a simple solution, an easy answer, an easy way out, and and you can't sort it. This story tells us that there is a gracious God who offers us his word and he can supply each of our needs out of the riches that he has in Jesus Christ. Our need for forgiveness, our need for salvation, our need for purpose in life, our need for daily provision, our need for constant companionship. But we need to take the risk of staking our lives on the word that he has spoken. We need to believe that he is who he is and he said what he said and he will do what he has said. God's grace to the widow is the same grace that he offers us today. That grace comes through faith in Jesus Christ and his word is as dependable today as it was for Elijah whenever we take that word seriously, whenever we apply it in our lives, whether it be in our our quest for salvation, quest for forgiveness, quest for hope and a purpose, quest for provision in our daily circumstances, to take God at his word and trust him. Yes, there will be times whenever it will be difficult and there will be times whenever God will say no, but he has a purpose in, in saying that. If you remember Paul, whenever he prayed three times that God would take away the thorn of flesh, the thorn in his flesh, whatever that was. And God said, no, my grace will be sufficient for you. I will provide for you. I'm not going to take away this thorn in the flesh, but I'm going to, take, I'm going to give you the grace that you need to deal with it. God's grace is the same grace that he offers us both to the widow and to Paul. But you also see God's, not only God's grace to the widow, but you see God's power over the boy, the death of the boy. The situation is that every day this widow has been going to the jug and the jar and God has been providing for her. And it's amazing, you know, that how that sometimes happens. We, we experience God's grace and God's goodness and he provides for us and we are answered, prayers are answered and, and, and things seem to be going really well. And then all of a sudden, bang. God has been providing for this widow. 
He's been providing food and, and, and the jar and the jug. But then all of a sudden, her son becomes ill in a very sensitive situation. She has experienced the provision and the blessing of God only for the next moment to experience trouble with a feeling that God is punishing her. Her automatic reaction is to blame God. What have I done for this to happen? Is it my sin that's causing this? Elijah, you've come to remind me of my sin. Don't we have a great ability whenever things go wrong in our lives to rake up some of our deepest guilts in our heart as to why God should be punishing us? Maybe that's the way we think God is. God acts. But she certainly has that sense that this is about what she has done wrong. The death of her son is the result of her actions. But then God steps into the situation to deal with it. Elijah then takes her son to the upper room and prays. And you notice in every praise he picks up her distress as he uses her words in his prayer. You know, sometimes in situations like this, we feel we've got to give answers. Elijah didn't stand for an hour trying to say, well, actually it's not this, it's not that, or, or you know, here's why. Or He didn't do that. He takes the child and he goes and prays. He takes it to God first. He doesn't answer her in her distress to try to explain what has happened, but rather he takes it straight to God. The exact circumstances are placed before God and Elijah then pleads with God to restore the boy's life. And God heard the prayer and the boy's life returned to him. You know, if God is not in control, then he's not God. And as God, he's able to work out his purposes in our lives to bring glory to himself and blessing to us. You know, God provides for us in all circumstances, no matter how difficult they are. This situation for this woman was just horrible. And all kinds of thoughts going through her mind about what the reason for it was. And, and yet God just steps in. And God ministers to her. And she discovers life in him. And what the God that she worshipped couldn't provide, the God of Elijah did. Provided life. You see... The truth of the matter is that the death of this widow's son couldn't stand in the way of God fulfilling his word. He had made his promises. Despite all the ups and downs and experiences of life, God proved faithful to his word and he has a victory over death. 
The truth is that God, in his provision, is able to reach into every aspect of our lives. Even those times whenever perhaps we're blaming God. Even those times we're thinking it's our fault and God's punishing us. Even those times whenever we feel most utterly helpless. In those times, it's time to come to trust and prayer to the God who is able to provide for us. We don't know how he will provide. It may not even be the way that we think or want him to. But he will provide. And his grace will be sufficient no matter what the circumstances. Those times whenever we are at the end of our tether, it's hard to keep going. We look to God and we lean on him. It was Jesus who said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. He is the one who gives us hope because he is the one who ultimately, as I've said before, has the final word in everything. Death could not hold him. He defeated death and the grave has lost its sting. In our New Testaments, we read about Jesus who totally defeated death when he was raised to life from the grave. And he is the first fruits of all who would believe, giving us hope, enabling us to experience the power of his resurrection life now and for eternity. Jesus has the last word in all things. This is the God that we come to today. This is the God who provides for us. And maybe as you look out at your circumstances, you think, oh gosh, how am I going to deal with this? How's this, how's this going to work? What's going to happen here? The widow at Zarephath got a word from God to trust God at his word from Elijah, who was doing just exactly that. She could see it in his life. And that's how she knew that he was a man of God. She could see the reality of the God who was the provider in his life as he lived that out. And then she was able to follow his example and trust him. That's what God calls us to do, to trust him and his word as the provider for our lives.